You're listening to the Blender Institute Podcast, brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Are your bits uncombed and tangled? Grab a bigger bite on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org. Joining us today is Francesco Sete. Hello. Sergei Sherevin. Hey. Andy Goralczyk. Hello there. And I'm Yachty Helmoson. Here's your host, Francesco! Hello, everyone. And uh, welcome to our 13th Blender Institute podcast. Yay. Yay. Chalti <laughs> is uh, our audience today. <laughs> and um, we it has been a relatively quiet week since last time we did our podcast. And uh, Pablo is having some time off himself, so he's not uh, with us today. He will be back next time. So I think we dive uh, straight into what we've been up to uh, last week and uh, this week. And... Uh, and then we go to the Q&A uh, session. So maybe this uh, podcast is going to be a bit shorter than usual. So I'd like to start with Andy and ask him what he's been uh, up to. All right. So I think last week I might have mentioned it, but uh, I published the tutorials I was talking about. I can't remember what I said. It no. seems like it's four years ago. Last <laughs> <week>. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I put two tutorials on the cloud. There's one uh, about the, well, it's not a tutorial, but it's a time lapse of the creation of the fish, which was uh, very, uh, a lot of fun to make uh, because it was chopped up into little bits and then it uh, uh, um, was shortened. So it uh, should be enjoyable to watch and shouldn't drag on for too much. And then there was another one that was actually requested from uh, Lucas, Lucas Turner, who is uh, developing the everything nodes in Blender. And he's currently working on a proposal, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he wanted to know how we did the penguin caches in this movie, how we uh, did crowds and everything. And that uh, was just a very good occasion to uh, go and record a little tutorial about that. And that's on the cloud as well. And then... Uh, we for a while we already had emo and prook rendering in cycles so I packed those up and I put them in on the cloud as well it was this Monday and now they're there and uh, now I'm working on a big huge fluffy bunny <laughs> yeah we've so, seen yeah. some renders it looks uh, yeah it looks great very promising yeah. oh thanks yeah <clears throat> it's uh, it's a bit of a challenge because the in, in Blender internal the <coughs> The, the hair settings are quite different from cycles. In cycles, it's it's really difficult to make them actually fluffy because in Blender internal, you have this function that uh, gives you this... Uh, Fluffiness? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it helps you add a little fall off uh, over the, the width of the strand. And cycles doesn't have that because the strands don't have UVs. They're just uh, a line, basically, or a curve. So they have a start and end, but that's it. So she, uh, the bunny looks a little bit more naked when you try putting all the same settings? Uh, not more naked, but the, the fur just looks a bit more uh, more needly. <laughs> it looks a bit more uh, less fluffy. Yeah. So I had to compensate with that uh, using more uh, transparency and more uh, particles, which in return makes it slower to render. So I'm trying to compensate the settings and uh, uh, try to adjust it uh, as good as I can but at the same time it's a it's a nice challenge I mean it's uh, I'm, I'm looking at all the stuff that I've done 
four years ago, five years ago? I, I can't remember. Last week. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I try to get myself into the mindset, like, how would I do that if I did it now? And that's actually uh, quite a bit of fun. Cool. Well, so we hope that maybe by next week we next week we get uh, a bunny on the cloud. Oh, yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah, I've also been in touch again with uh, Wayne Dixon. Who, yeah, yeah. Thank you so yeah, much for you. putting all the work into getting the rigs done. Yeah, yeah. he's Wayne. been uh, he's been supporting, and uh, we've been in touch. So hopefully, he will keep helping us in uh, in the future and uh, regarding also Big Bug Bunny and maybe other characters too. So, yeah. All right, so Kjalti. Hello. Today you achieved something because uh, you were like <laughs> very happy. And uh, so mm. what, what, what's up? What happened? What, are you talking about me fixing my bike or <laughs> going to the printer and actually getting stuff yep. printed? Wow. <laughs> so many things actually happened today. That's yeah, why. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the small things in life. Yeah. yeah. And also I finished putting together another one of those animation review videos. Uh, I just finished exporting it now, so it it's gonna be encoded hopefully later today, um, and should be on the cloud maybe tomorrow or yeah. late later tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Tom oh, I'm we're recording this on a Wednesday, so when we say tomorrow, oh, definitely not tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's a quite uh, quite long. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's video, right? An hour and seven minutes. Um, there is. There is no way of, I mean, I tried trimming this stuff down and now I hate my own voice. I hate my accent. I hate everything about myself. All the, uh, uh, and I can't talk properly in front of a video camera, of course. But I tried um, cutting down a lot of it um, that felt redundant. But at the same time, I wanted to make it casual. I wanted to allow there to be a little bit of thought process and not make it feel like it's a, it's a, it's jump cutting uh, constantly. So hopefully people like it. it. It's more in the vein of that last video I did. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be really helpful. I mentioned that, I mentioned it in this video at the end that maybe cloud subscribers can uh, comment on the video. And if there is anything in particular that they're really interested about, then I can maybe do another one just regarding another shot from Lamigos and dive a little bit more into that. So if, if they're really interested in in specific things about body mechanics or you know working with quadrupeds or or even facial expressions or something like that, or overall timing or arcs or spacing, uh, anything really, uh, just to give me maybe a good guideline on on what areas to strike because there's so many so many things you could talk about really. yeah or also how specific you get because yeah, exactly. like right now if you do you know an overview of a shot and you can start with the bigger picture and then get more and more into yeah. the details i think that's really cool but then if you go too much then maybe people lose you yeah. and uh, so yeah it's good to know yeah a totally. little bit yeah that's and, uh, uh, yeah. yeah besides that a uh, little bit working on the character library so um up, updating so taking the the big buck bunny from Wayne Dixon and and updating some of the some of the controls some of the stuff for the rigs uh, also for Frankie and Camera oh I said it right okay I keep saying Camora <laughs> for some reason Freudian slip yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to work on Rinky but it looks like Rinky has similar issues to uh, regarding Python scripting on his back just like big buck bunny and I knew 
I know that Wayne Dixon was already this mad genius that managed to solve that easy peasy. So I might just wait until he <laughs> yeah, comes I, I upon mentioned that, that. I mentioned that to him. <laughs> so he would hopefully find some time to, to yeah. have a look. Yeah. So besides that, I did dive into Sintel and now I'm diving into scales. Hmm. And uh, kind of going over, going over the original rig, maybe updating that a little bit, uh, making sure it's it feels more intuitive. Uh, there's a lot of shape keys, but the interface for the animator is a bit wonky, I would say, meaning that uh, in order to move something particular like like the uh, corner of the lip or something, you fir- you click a cheekbone that you can't move or do anything, and then you have to go into a properties panel. Uh, to slide up and down these values, which is really not that intuitive for an animator. Uh, I, I personally like it more to have it be bones that are visually there. And then you can see if something has changed or not. So it's not these hidden values somewhere in a subcategory. So, yeah. I understand. Yeah, I remember when I got um, access to the Sintel files, when I downloaded them for the first time, I, I was just getting started i think with animation like really character animation and diving into it and i was clicking on the rig and uh, yeah there were these bones you would select and they would do nothing and before i figured out that stuff was in the sidebar it yeah it took it took a while and uh, and yeah. then also when working i was like wow so when you're animating actually if you want to know how the animation goes either you go to the graph editor and you see the curves or you actually have to see the thing animating back and forth i mean probably some animators are comfortable with that i guess but uh, I, I i think i agree with you that seeing like especially when you're doing the posing is yeah. just much more intuitive if the rigging is done well so that depending on how you move that bone the the character deforms properly, I think that's probably helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I know that there are some uh, animators that not necessarily love that stuff, but I would say they they tolerate it mm-hmm. uh, because maybe this is something that makes more sense to a rigger. But uh, honestly, just regarding the flow of, of working in animation, it, it's really hindering. It keeps adding this one extra step. And uh, when I was doing Animation Mentor, the Bishop rig, they, they had... A lot of sliders, so yeah. many sliders for just about everything, and the the fingers, oh man, yeah, just yeah, you want to move a finger, yeah, yeah. you have to click the thing and then go through these sliders, and you keep having to be playing around with these sliders. It's like having an Excel spreadsheet next to you, and change the values there, but then you're looking to your left to to your viewport, and it, there's just no easy way of doing it. It's so weird. Yeah, well. So I think that what you're doing with uh, with Sintel, I think it will be it will be nice. It makes it more easy to interact. Yeah. Uh, one small maybe heads up uh, because I'm updating the rig, it will not it will not be compatible with old animation from Sintel uh, because it w- because I'm trying to change the rig a little bit too. So it, oh poor Serki. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Serki. <laughs> I knew I knew you would be disappointed. Also not for for the bunny, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So all so I think. It's more important that all the rigs now are updated in such a way that a, a brand new animator, or somebody that wants to animate using these rigs, can just come to them and start using them intuitively. Yeah, sure. Instead of having to rely on old animation. I mean, if you want that stuff, then you know maybe we can do another version of it or something. 
that's it's more compatible but i don't i don't think that should be the focus no, i think the idea is to let people make new animation yeah, exactly. i think that's more exciting so and also make it work with the latest version of blender yeah. and uh, stuff like that so. and, and cycles, and cycles. <laughs> so yeah. yeah we really love uh, our characters here so <laughs> we want to make sure that they stay alive <laughs> Cool. Well, it uh, sounds very exciting. So I think next week uh, we're going to be celebrating the release of a lot of characters online. And uh, we still have to see, well, I th I've seen it with the uh, rig, someone that, uh, and also with the Glass Half characters, but with the, with, with the open movie characters from the cloud, uh, there haven't been like many renders or animation showing up yet. Of right? Big Bug Bunny? Yes, there is a lot of animations with Big Bug Bunny. Yeah, yeah, sure. But I mean, with the, you know, the one that is not out yet, obviously not. But I mean, yeah. you know, with the stuff that we've been putting on, on the cloud now. With, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, someone made a penguin animation when we put out Penguino for the That's first true, time yeah. With him sitting on a little uh, piece of ice. <laughs> that was funny. And there was also that animation just after Caminandes with Oti and uh, Koro sitting in the set of Caminandes 2. <laughs> with, with the sun With the, with the sunscreen, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was also funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I hope people do that more often. Yeah, yeah. yeah I really, we really love to see that, you know, somebody took that time to get the characters and make a set and light it and yeah it's really cool to see <laughs> yeah all right well on a quite unrelated topic we have here the doctor doctor Sergei <laughs> wait, wait wait skip to you yeah, yeah, but for for me, me, me I, I, it's not important. I I will say in the end, there is nothing important from my side as well. It's just like my my and Livy have been working on the on the on the release things, mm -hmm. which have been keeping us dragging for from doing something real useful. Because <laughs> <laughs> the release is not useful at all, right? Well, I mean, you just download build from builder. It's like why would you release? You just download latest one. How it's much in favor would you be of having Blender as a rolling release? I mean, personally, because I need to spend time on the releases, that, that, then it's a bit of dragging currently. And mm. Sometimes I just feel, no, I don't want to do this. I want to work on something bigger. If someone else is doing this, then, yeah, we, we can have release. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, sounds uh, fair, yeah. Because currently it, 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 it's like you, you talk in the ERC and, and then, then everyone's talking, hey, yeah, they're having fun with code. And, uh, yeah, I need to solve this release issues. It's... Uh, <laughs> Sergey loves doing the release. So you are the um well I I know you are coordinating the whole uh, release process now and you've been doing it for quite a while and you're also the uh, Linux release. Uh, yeah 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 I mean I mean is all, me and Campbell are mainly like deciding where when when we are ready for the release mm -hmm. if you're ready for release candidate do we need to wait for some other fix or something like this. And also, Bastian is like coordinating the the translation part of the thing, so it's it's already like not one person who is doing this, which is already good. Mm -hmm. But 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 uh, when we detect like, hey, there, there there are like regressions comparing to the previous release in the tracker, and we need to deal with them. And today, like full almost full day, I was trying to deal with the, the regressions of the GPU rendering in cycles, which is. Was like thirty percent slower on on uh, latest graphics cards, which is not really acceptable. Also, that's why I've <laughs> wondering. I've been wondering about that. Well, it's it's a bit of a mix of the settings. So when mm -hmm. you use branched path tracing with, uh, well, you you're using like latest like, like pretty decent GPU. Yeah. 
Yeah. So if you're using branch buffer, I think um, yeah, you've been screwed up. Huh. With regular re- regular pastoracer, I kind of managed to do the same speed. Mm-hmm. It's notable difference, but with branch, it, it's not real possible to do, and we kind of restricted to what the CUDA compiler can do for us. And then we realized, yeah, there is like a we're using like previous to last release of the of the CUDA compiler, and this and if you compile with current CUDA compiler, it solves the branch path tracer speed regression, but it introduced some slowdown to regular path tracer, on, especially on the lower and graphics card. But that slowdown is only like five percent. All right. Which which you can kind of close eyes because we added so many new features in there, and then dealing with five percent of slowdown is much easier than dealing with thirty percent of slowdown. I'm just not sure if you will be able to solve those before the release, or maybe never will be able to solve this because it's it's what compiler is doing. Mm-hmm. You can't really affect on this. But it's only uh, about the GPU, not the CPU. It's rendering. GPU. It's, mm-hmm. it's only GPU. CPU. CPU. I th- I think it. It's the same speed, it shouldn't be any slower. All right, yeah. So for CPU, we're all good. And for CPU, like 20 minutes before the podcast started, I managed to finally go to what I was meant to do this week, which which is uh, hook up new BVH builders into cycles. Mm-hmm. But are, like the, the idea is to try the high-quality BVH builder from, from Embree. I'm not sure how it compares to to the current one we're using in, in Blender because it's the same it's the same principle but uh, formulas a bit different and heuristics and they're a bit different. They could work better for us. So for people who don't know what Embree is, can Im- you? Embree is a path tracer renderer from Intel, which is basically the path tracer where they demonstrate how to use properly vectorization instruction for for Intel processors. So it's considered very good optimized. You cannot probably beat Embry code in terms of, of performance of uh, ray intersection and BVH building and stuff like this. It's not a production render, so you cannot render movie with it because it doesn't support all the all the BSDF models you need for this. It's it's not their goal. Their goal is to show how to use authorization for, for rendering. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a real good do- job in there. Yeah, don't don't mind that at all. <laughs> yeah, well, that is the highest form of compliment you will ever oh, get. Mean, oh yeah, I mean we are using parts of Embree in, in cycles already, and some ideas and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. For example, when I was working on QBVH, I was checking how Embree is doing this and how they they optimized some intersection code in there. Other than that, it was like all about bug tracker and stuff like this. It's it was pretty boring week. But stuff which just have to be done by someone. Well, talking about uh, stuff that needs to be done, there is also another topic that I just uh, recall, which is the Google Summer of Code. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did anybody notice that segue? That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about uh, Google Summer of Code? It's uh, coming up quite soon. And I know you've been putting together, uh, together with Campbell and uh, others, some uh, some project ideas. Yeah, we, we put quite a bit of ideas on, on the ideas page. And um, currently, I think the, the issue is that it's only two mentors listed in there. Like, because you have maybe like 20 or maybe 25 projects listed in there. And uh, you have to put like possible mentor, who, who is the possible guy who will guide the student or this project, who will check on him and stuff like this. 
and it's mainly either me on Campbell, sometimes it's Bastian or someone else, but we really need more mentors in there to, 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 to be listed. Otherwise, for the summer, you actually are going to stop developing and you're going to be mentoring full time. Is that well, what you... <laughs> well, you cannot actually mentor too many students. It's, it will be just too much time consuming and too much exhausting. <laughs> Even if you stop doing your day job, you, you probably cannot mentor more than, than, than two guys effectively, mm-hmm. yeah. like efficiently. So is, is that the norm usually, that it's two people? No, you, you usually better stick to one guy. Yeah, that's one, what I was imagining. One guy is totally manageable. Two students, you like if they if they're decent students, you can deal with this. If they're if they're new to Blender, mm. then it's it's really energy consuming and it's it's not efficient, not for you, not for them, because they also need some some degree of amount of help which you cannot deliver to them. Yeah. So out of that list of um, potential projects is there anything that you would like particularly to see happen during the summer like all of those <laughs> all of that it's it's actually like your wish list oh if i had a helper appearing next to me yeah that's yeah, what yeah. i would uh, let yeah, him do yeah. i mean the, the, those are all cool projects and uh, the only issue is that we kind of struggled for a long time to to put uh easy ideas in there like the projects which we consider easy to do because uh, like all the cycle like motion paths or <laughs> <laughs> motion path motion path yeah we put that but it's like one of like few of those out of 20 plus things so so yeah. so, so mainly it's all those hardcore like cycles ideas and stuff like this or projects where you need to know blend how blender works Stuff like this. It's not for someone who can just jump in and then start developing something. Yeah, it's difficult. Totally. I mean, you can be brilliant in C and do whatever code you want, but some project just needs knowledge of Blender itself. And if you don't have that, yeah, you should start spending time investigating how Blender works. Yeah, right. perhaps somebody that's really knowledgeable about the, the most recent dependency graph. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Somebody Russian? <laughs> no. I cannot do a Google. doctor, maybe? <laughs> I don't have Google Summer of Code. All right, all right. cannot do it. I'm not a student <laughs> anymore. You can self-mentor yourself. Yeah, exactly. No, but I'm not a, I'm not a student. I can yeah. self-mentor, but I cannot be a Google Summer of Code student. Uh, boring. Okay. <laughs> maybe I should just do a doctorate. And <laughs> like yeah. because, because in Russia we have one extra step in there. So, so by Russian standards, I'm actually a candidate. And then we have also a doctor. So you're not technically a doctor, you're a candidate? <gasps> well, it's, 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 techni- it's technically equals to a doctor in Holland, it, it equals to PhD in America. So when you're, when you're a doctor in Russia, then yeah. you have no equals. Amazing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yes, that's, that's probably where you wanted to go. Wow. You can a real... build a rocket ship and fly to Mars single-handedly. So, so a Russian doctor coming here to the Netherlands, all the other doctors here have to salute him? Yeah, and yeah. say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like to put red carpet and oh, stuff like that. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So maybe you have to get the doctor and then Ton will salute you. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true, because Ton, we have to remember, he's also a doctor, by yeah. the way. So Yeah, uh, huh. now I feel crappy with my diploma. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you got one of those. That's nice. I have a diploma, yeah, yeah. in media arts, whatever that is. But huh, <laughs> <laughs> hasn't earned me any money so far. <laughs> All right. So, so I can only mention one fun thing we did back on Monday. Yeah. We fixed missing 30 textures on CUDA. So now you can render fire and smoke, fire and smoke, yeah, on, 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 on CUDA GPUs. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. But why? How? You just render it. It's but before it was broken? You, you, it was not supported. You, you, could, you, ah. you couldn't have 3D textures on, on GPU. It was not supported. So now also point density will work? Point density GPU? will work on, on CUDA GPU now, yes. Okay. Wow, that's great. Well, I mean, as soon as, uh, if you have all the memory, that is. Yes, if you, I mean, if you have if enough memory in, in yeah. the graphics card, then you can use it. If not, then, well, sorry, we, we, we don't do any texture compression or so. And texture compression is quite tricky to do on GPU. Because on CPU, you can just put it to open VDP and then be happy. On, on, on CUDA, yeah, it's tricky. <laughs> Probably there are tricks, but yeah. Let's not get into there. Let's listen to what Francesco was doing last week. <laughs> yeah, Francesco, you didn't mention anything. Yeah, my week has been super exciting. Um, I actually don't remember even what I've been doing last week. Uh, prostitutes, cocaine, oh, I don't man. know, rock and roll. And <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, <laughs> wait, so... <laughs> not that it seems, no, 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 no. Um, or answering emails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, because it's been uh, already yeah a few a few days that uh, I've been planning to work on some uh, cloud functionalities and and things like that. We have some really cool up upcoming uh, features that we would like to you know uh, release and and put out there. But uh, the amount of support and the amount of other side jobs uh, after the after the Caminandas release uh, is still quite large for me. So. I am sometimes stuck answering emails and doing support and um, things like that. And th this week, well, today in particular, I've been doing something else for a change, which is uh, DCP for everything. So we needed a uh, uh, GlassAF DCP and we needed a Caminandes DCP. And we also needed to fix something in the final Caminandes video. So I've been, I've been working with that. Uh, regarding Caminandes itself, we, of course, well, the, you know, the movie's out there, it's online, but it had this little glitch that we talked about quite extensively regarding those berries. And after the release, we, we re-rendered uh, a, a chunk of that just to make sure that it was perfect 100%. So that we could sleep at night, and uh, so that's what we did. But then, uh, when encoding that, it turned out uh, to be that, that turned out to be a problem in the edit. So a few frames, a few black frames appeared in the in out of the, nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere. So, so, so we cannot sleep still. Nope. Yeah, well. So then uh, we fixed that and uh, did another export. And today I was doing this new encode, and those frames were gone, but two frames with the shifted gamma appeared and there's uh, always something <laughs> and it's so frustrating because i mean uh coming on this is only 3600 frames so it's nothing compared to cosmos which was like 18,000. so at least you see the errors quicker more quickly but um, it's still when these things appear you have to go back and re-render or re-export and re-encode and check so i've been spending some time with that 
that it's been going well. And uh, also, we've been finally using some code that uh, Sergey made for optimizing and streamlining our DCP creation pipeline. Because uh, usually we make a digital cinema package for every short film we produce. A digital cinema package is a bundle of files that uh, gets shipped to cinemas so that they can project it with their super high quality projector uh, so yeah, it's just a it's just a standard, it's just a, a file exchange format, and uh, there is a very precise protocol on how to make them. There is a very precise encoding procedure to follow, and the packaging procedure, and everything. And there are plenty of tools to do that. There are plenty of open source tools to do that, and uh, we we've been using them. But uh, because you have to deal with so much data, if you wanted to do it quickly, it it gets uh, uh, it's a bit tricky if you don't have a lot of time or if you need to do it repeated in many times multiple times uh, it's is not really perfect so we've been using uh, open uh, open dcp and uh, open dcp has also binaries that can be used with a common line interface so sergey looked at the uh, the common line and wrote a little python script uh, and uh, we can now call that and we can build DCPs faster than the speed of light. So today I've been mm -hmm. testing that script and making sure that it actually works and validating the DCPs and stuff like that. And uh, it, it seems to be going fine. So now we have the DCPs and uh, I will put them on the cloud, I think, because here in the studio, it sometimes they disappear because we move them around or then we ship them to festivals and then we archive them and then one doesn't know where they are anymore. <laughs> so, of course, we have them, but having them on the cloud, I think, is cool. So then also people can download them and if they have their own cinema, they can they can use them themselves. So, if you have your own cinema, please send your money to <laughs> cloud at... <laughs> so uh, about the the encoding process and the DCP process, uh, are you going to prepare a blog post about that soon? Because I I, I heard you're gonna, going to do one about the encoding for the video and mm. the export pipeline, yeah. I hope. Well, people were asking for it. It would be amazing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing is, I published uh, when we... We should probably give it a bit more visibility because uh, uh, I wrote a little uh, document in the Caminandes uh, Lamigos video download. Uh, like it's it's an asset that can be seen on the cloud and uh, the description which is actually public can be seen by everyone oh. and uh, that description contains the commands that we are using there is not much of an in-depth explanation but at least you can see how we encode the video how we encode the audio and how we mix them together yeah. so that part is kind of done uh, regarding the DCP I sometimes I, I, I need to look up something and I, I search for my own blog post that I did when we did uh, uh, Tears of Steel so for Tears of Steel we, we made of course a DCP and um, I wrote something and there is a public blog post there and there isn't really much more to add but I think that uh, if this uh, uh, once I've tested a little bit more this script that Sergey made I think I will publish it and uh, take all the credit and be like mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Sergey doesn't mind well uh, for, for helpful like, yeah. for for someone who has already been through a film mastering hell of 42,000 frames I believe mm. <laughs> uh yeah uh, that sort of information is really valuable valuable I mm. mean how to put your movie into a professional format so people can see it even if it's just YouTube uh, and and using open source to to mm -hmm. master those, that's uh, 
incredibly useful. Yeah, yeah, and I think that the main goal, because there is plenty of this material online already, but uh, what I found by looking at it is always very is step by step, but really following the you know the interface of those softwares. So what we can try to do a little bit different is okay. Here is a script. It works quite specific for us, but it can be adapted. And uh, it's very high performance because in our case, we store our frames in a, in a shared uh, f- a file system, in a, a network, uh, in a network uh, attached system. So it's not the same as working locally. So you, you better you know, work as close as possible to, to the source. And so using the command line makes sense in that case. And uh, I think that it's, it's quite interesting and that is not really documented. So mm-hmm. I, will be, I think I will put out some explanation about that. Awesome. You, you should also put probably like some bit of technical explanation of what exactly our storage configuration is, mm-hmm. be- because you, be, be, because often like NAS is just uh, storage where you don't have any access, like you don't have command line interface in there. Sure. Well, in our case, we have dedicated thread in there, which is connected to actual machine. Yeah, which is quite of help for us, of course. Yes, yeah. yes, and on that machine you can actually log in and do the stuff like directly via high-performance SCSI connection, not via the network. Yeah, otherwise it would be slow. It's uh, the like, script wouldn't probably help if you have like all the S- local SSD disks, and then trying to do that. But yeah, regarding credits, yeah, you can totally get those, but then you 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 get all the maintenance and the back fixes on you and the support. <laughs> So, and, the, so, and the doctorate? Or, oh, no, no, I think he is going to keep that. Oh, so, yeah. I don't think you can you, you, you can hand it over to someone else. <laughs> I don't think it's supported. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's only a candidacy, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's uh, what I've been up to. And uh, hopefully, yeah, I will publish some documents about that very soon. Um, at this point, I think we can uh, move on and uh, check out some of the questions that are on the cloud. And uh, I'm no particular order. I think I'm going to go over uh, one question for Hjalti from Forgotten Fantasies. Uh Asks, when animating... That's me. (laughs) Isn't annoying to have jump to keyframe and change frame operations in the undo queue? When animating, it's usual to jump between keyframes several times to see how the poses work together. Eventually, you want to undo the last change in the character, and then you have to undo all the jumps between keyframes <laughs> to until finally you undo the change. It would be great to have the option to avoid that being registered in the undo list. Can you please beg for me, Dr. Sergey, to implement it? Please. So I don't know if it's a question. Like So so this in I mean this is a question disguised as a feature request. <laughs> but um I mean and, and this podcast isn't necessarily meant for that, of course. Uh, but yes, dear Lordy, yes. <laughs> and this is something that has bugged me forever. Not just me, but a lot of people that I worked with, animators in particular, mm-hmm. they have at one instance complained about it. I've heard them just you know, uh, shout it out. Why do I when I'm undoing? Why does the timeline keep jumping around? There's no like. Why would I be undoing, moving myself in a timeline? It, it, it's like you 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 did something in real life, and then you just undid <laughs> something, and you can go back in time. Yeah, but then you would undo the action. That, 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 that in real life, you don't want to, 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 to just undo the action. You actually wanted to go in that particular yeah, time. No, that... The, it's a nice concept. I would like 
for that to be. Well, in many instances, I've been working, I've been animating some shots, and I've had the issue of doing some changes and then scrubbing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to see is this pose working or not. Mm-hmm. And by the time I realized, you know what, it was better the way it was. I've now jumped keys maybe 30 times back and forth. Yeah, well, and then, and then I want to undo. Well, well, I can't. Yeah, yeah but then the, also the question, if, if you would like start like rotating camera or stuff like this, yeah. which actions and when you want to, to undo. Like well, ju- ju- just avoiding undo on frame change, it's, it's probably simple. Yeah, it's basically scrubbing, any kind of scrubbing, moving on the timeline. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not that simple, actually. Well, it is, to the contrary. <laughs> Let me uh, write down my own doctorate. Uh, <laughs> well, see, see, it's legit. It has oh, the blender yeah, yeah, sticker. Yeah, yeah, I mean, go ahead, Patch is welcome. <laughs> but the, the issue would be, okay, so, so you can avoid having undo push on, 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 the, on the frame change, mm. but then you jump into another frame and, yep. and you did the change. Yep. And then you undid that. You want to stay at the same exact time. Yeah, exactly. In Blender, if there is no undo step, it will be going to, to, to the previous undo push, mm-hmm. which should be different. On a different frame, I know. I'm it, fully it, aware it, of that. It, that's it, fine. It, it, it'll go to another frame. Yeah, it, that's it, fine. It'll go to original one, which is, well, it's not fine. Yes, it is. It's. Oh. I mean, I, th- I think this is an instance of the user interface trying to be too dummy-proof. Because if you uh, uh thinking that the user will not understand the thing they undoed. So it's it's, it's trying well, to make everything be an action. And well, then if you, undo, well, for example, if I if I move myself a little bit in the viewport and I undo, it doesn't undo that, right? Well, because it's interface. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, but it's, to it's, me, it's, it's, scrubbing is interface. Well, for you, yeah, for someone else. It's yeah, not. exactly. So, That's so, why so, a little so, toggle. So, so imagine situation, you open default scene. Yeah. You jumped into another frame, like frame 50. Yep. And you scale the cube up. Yep. And you hit undo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to jump back. You I don't, just, I, I you won't don't be... want to, but, but, but with current undo system in Blender, it's not possible. To yeah, do I know. So, it okay, jump, I'm, it'll jump I'm, back I'm, to I'm, the frame. So it's, 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 it's a bit okay, tricky. I'm putting down my pitchfork now. It's been sharpening all day. I saw that one question, just started sweating. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, then uh, thank you for the explanation. <laughs> Rant. And, uh, <laughs> there is another question. I mean, it doesn't mean that it's never going to be changed, but it's just not an easy thing to do. And that's why it yeah. is the way it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. I, I do think that this is the thing where a, a toggle in the user interface where ignore uh, timeline changes for the undo history or whatever would be a really cool thing because I th- I do think that a lot of people well, have this issue. option kills puppy. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but we need color framed something <laughs> and colors and Puppies everything. are going to yeah. die. <laughs> with, with every wireframe you color, a puppy dies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like you can you can make an alti dying. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! We, we, we can have an animation on Blender. <laughs> <laughs> dying alti. <clears throat> All right. So uh, there is another question from the beach that uh, contains the word animation. Oh, ho, ho. I don't know. Uh, so as I try to learn animation, the one thing that seems to be missing is an explanation of how audio fits into the process. 
Uh, we have nine old men with 12 principles of animation, and that covers the visuals. That's it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> phonemes, music, and sound effects support the story as well. But how and what stage should that be brought in? It's it's a fair question. Uh, it's I think this is something that feels a bit obvious. If you've done it many times, you've been in different projects. Every project is slightly different. Uh, but yeah, when you're starting out, you don't realize at what stage it comes in. And uh, honestly, the the thing is, when you're animating lip syncing, you want the audio to be there first. However, uh, when you're doing your story reel, you want to spice it up by adding maybe a dummy voiceover or uh, sound effects to emphasize a joke or whatever it is. Because a lot of times, uh, something something in an animatic may may live or die because of timing and because of sound that, that may be uh, involved with it. So doing an animatic that's completely silent is not going to be a good thing necessarily, uh, you know, depending on what you're making. But you may want to just throw some temp files, some temp sounds in your story reel as it evolves. And then the further you go along, the more you start refreshing and throwing out sounds, putting in new sounds. But your final audio must be done before you start animating. So when you're animating, you're using the voice actor, his intentions and his inflections, all that stuff. And you're, ad you're using that as your um, foundation for your animation. You cannot, if you do it the other way around, it's just not going to work. Stop looking at me like that. It's not going to work. You know this. Yeah, I'm not a fan of, of, of dubbing. Yeah. You spend all that time and effort frame by framing. And then you ha you just have some somebody go, nah, we'll just dub it afterwards and it's fine. No, it's not. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on that stuff. That makes the animators very angry. Yeah, and a, and a puppy dies. But an animator killed that puppy, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> In anger. In anger. Yeah. <laughs> Can let the community, by the way. <laughs> How many animators from there are frame by framing? And is anyone uh, dealing with 60 frames per second? <laughs> well, the high, high frame rate uh, animation is a very interesting topic. Uh, we can actually talk about it maybe in one of the yeah, that in, could be in the pocket. future. I think it's uh, it's an interesting thing just to discuss. <laughs> maybe we can even ask online if people have been doing that and seeing, you know, like... Should, should, we, should we get Ton on and then it's just a fight between me and Ton? We can, yeah, maybe. We <laughs> Highly intellectual discussion back and forth. <laughs> no, no, first we can fight with you. Okay, yeah. Just, so, so like, a demo like, version, you yeah, know. They, they yeah, they me down a little bit, <laughs> take down the edges. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, then uh, thanks for this answer. And uh, one yeah, more. Yeah, thanks for the question. Uh, one more from uh, Rivendell. Uh, mm. Thanks for these podcasts. Yeah, I'm enjoying them very much and learning so much. Thank you for listening to us. Um, I was wondering if you could talk more about the workstation setup and process you use to create the tutorials. What flavor of Linux you're running? Uh, what screen capture software do you use? Uh, what does the workflow look like? Etc. Etc. So I think uh, it's really is specific about the tutorials themselves because maybe last time we mentioned our own custom setup since uh, both. Kalti and Andy, but especially Andy today has been spending quite some time there. Yeah, this is <laughs> maybe he can Andy. tell us about uh, <laughs> his how much favorite. he loves the setup. <laughs> no, actually, uh, <laughs> I just hate sitting there yeah. talking into a piece of metal, pretending <laughs> that I know something. Did uh, you see? Did you see the kitten? 
Yeah, but Does I, it don't, help? I, I don't look into the camera, <gasps> uh, so I'm not recording my face. That would what, be even What more if someone normal. else sits with you in the room and listens to you? Yeah, but that would be... It's creepy. creepy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. I don't want to torture anyone. Uh, so I'm. You just need to put more kittens all over the place so he sees them. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm writing writing this down. Yeah. Kittens. Kittens. Yeah. So what about the machine? Because yeah, how how does it work? Well, the machine is always on. <laughs> Sergey. No, it's not always on. Today it was rebooted. <laughs> all right. Because because I needed to to reshuffle GPUs, but it's basically Core i7. Uh, AVX2 something like it. It's for AVX2 instructions that I wouldn't tell you exactly what's the the CPU in there. It has around 16 gig of RAM, and currently it's running GTX 580 GPU because you don't really need to 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 render something on on GPU on that machine. And yeah, it's it. I think it's regular HDD, like one terabyte probably, mm-hmm. some regular thing. And then just dual display setup and some USB microphone, some yeah. USB camera, which only can record 25%. Some microphone, it's a, so, it's a beautiful so, microphone provided yeah. by an Icelander. <laughs> so we're using uh, Helti's microphone, which is a Rode Podcaster microphone. It's uh, extremely good. Um, it's a USB microphone. Uh, the Linux distribution on the system is the same that we use on the studio, which is uh, Zubuntu. Well, it's right? Ubuntu, but it, it's newer. Well, yeah. it's it's a bit more complicated because in the studio we we, we installed Ubuntu fourteen point ten yeah. for 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 the Gooseberry, which is no longer supported, and for which all the repositories were removed from official site. All oh, right, yeah. So you cannot even do anything like you cannot install new new software in there. So I thought, yeah, there is a button to 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 just upgrade, and I pressed it, and I thought, yeah, well, sure, sure enough, it'll be installed latest possible Ubuntu, right? Hmm, wrong. What it, could it, it, possibly <laughs> go wrong? <laughs> it, it upgraded to, to to some previous release or something like this. So so that machine is a bit unique now, and. Uh, Pablo, I don't know what he's using. Probably it's Pablo is using uh, GNOME three for his desktop. Yeah, so, but maybe uh, destroy. I don't know. I think it's Ubuntu as well, but okay. he just likes GNOME better. Yeah, likes flashy graphic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, transition. Yeah. Mm. Wobbly <laughs> Taking advantage of the absence <laughs> oh, of Pablo. <laughs> oh, oh, that's why he needs GTX nine eighty. No, no, get it. Okay, but and, yeah. And, so the rest of the studio just uses XFCE four for uh, for something for for. Or three, even no, we no, use XFC four. Yeah, come on, we're not that u- old. <laughs> well, okay, and then for uh, capturing the interface and the video, we use uh, a little application called Simple Sim- Recorder. Simple Screen Recorder. Uh-huh. Okay, I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's a simple. too simple. My one insert. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> and uh, for recording audio, occasionally only audio, we use. Uh, Audacity. Wow, okay, you spoon-feeding me that one. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, then in certain cases, we want to have a webcam overlay. So we're we're calling uh, mPlayer2, which uh, is just displaying the camera as a video for a Linux device. And then the the borders of that camera window are removed using Devil's Pie. And that's how the the window the camera window can float over the windows and without window decoration and that's pretty much our setup yeah and that's what i used for the the most current video the mm-hmm. one that's about to go 
alive tomorrow or whatever. But the last one before that, that was a bit of a nightmare because that was before I asked Andy for help because I'm an idiot. I have no idea what I'm doing in Linux. Uh, I, I was recording my own voice in Audacity. I was doing screen capture with um, simple screen... Simple screen recorder. It's a simple name. A you know, it, yeah. it is what it says, really. Uh, and then I then I was doing um, a video recording in the video recorder itself instead instead of connecting it and making sure that the computer was doing it because I was thinking, well, yeah, it's it's going to be less laggy or whatever. Now the problem is that that was happening in twenty five frames per second, and all my other stuff was twenty four frames per second. And then I tried to hook it all up together. And every 15 seconds, the audio would drift off slightly, but it would always be differently drifting off. So I, there was no consistency regarding it. So it probably took two hours of my life when editing it to try to make sure that the audio would fit. Now, with Andy's help, I just managed to put it all into one neat little window, put a simple screen recorder <laughs> on record, awesome, and, and it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I'm really the, plugging that. Yeah, the, <laughs> oh, it's a it's a great it's it's the first. Okay, well that might be dissing all the other screen recorders I've used <laughs> over the years in the next, but it's really the best ones. Yeah, uh, which I mean it's the best user, uh, the best GUI based one. Of course, you can call some <laughs> uh, weird instance of. Uh, you can use FFmpeg. There some you weird go. instance mm -hmm. of FFmpeg, and then you run. But for it some reason, the audio works. is drifting there as well. Yeah. 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 I don't know. We've yeah. been sitting with Skew recording screencasts, and audio just drifted. Okay. Weird. I don't know why. Well, we didn't have any problems so far, right? No. Yeah. Uh, in the in the latest setup, we we are trying to standardize this a bit. We're, we've been all over the place since Gooseberry, I think, yeah. and all the different videos. But yeah, I think what we have now is working. It's yeah. good. But also, I think Simple Screen Recorder simply calls uh, FFmpeg or something related to that. Uh, so it's just using very uh, intelligent defaults, and then it just works. Yeah. Well, I hope this uh, clarifies a little bit about our setup. If we missed anything, just let us know. And um, we have just a couple more questions before we wrap this up. And uh, I am paraphrasing them from a, a comment from uh, Carlis <clears throat> that already got some answer from Pablo during the week. Um, these are, there is, well, two points mainly. And uh, they are kind of yeah questions slash feature requests, but it's more like a, a question also. Um, one of them is, can you please fix vector blur pass to the industry standard? Can industry <laughs> fix to the blender standard? <laughs> okay, so I mean, what's what, what's that? Yeah, I can try to explain a bit better. I know Sergey would be puzzled. Um, so you know, there is a. I don't know exactly for myself, but uh, I've been working in the compositor and uh, Blender uh, internal has a uh, very useful uh, vector pass that can be used, for example, for Psycho vector Soul blur. Has a vector pass. Yeah. <coughs> so those vector pass, apparently they are not complying with... Uh, I don't know. It, it, it just speed from, 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 from previous frame to current frame and from current frame to, to, to next frame. It just for values. Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe it's a matter of finding the right conversion and then just uh, putting that into a node. 
Yeah, sure, yeah, a vector, but a vector transform and then yeah, sure, but but it, it it just two two speeds like you you've got x speed and y speed and you've got like for previous frame and for next frame mm-hmm. and that's it. It's for values and then just can do whatever you want. I don't know what else you can want from vector blur thing. I already used my pitchfork. I'm not gonna. Say <laughs> <laughs> okay, so but I just wanted to raise this and. Uh, I mean, if it's just a if it's just a simple values right stored in yeah, this, in this it's layer, it's then it's it wouldn't be too much of a problem eventually to convert them, maybe shuffle you, them around so that they you would can, work. You can do it as a, as a math node, probably, or, mm-hmm. or splitter. Yeah, he, first you splitter GBA, and then you do whatever you want with those speeds. Yeah, he's mentioning that. Yeah, so. But in, in theory, one could maybe have a little setup or have a way to output that render yeah, layer. So that then, and, and then have a setup. Yeah, let's output for, for new. Let's output for, for, for some, I don't know, what the what Autodesk has for, for the, the, <laughs> the, the composing. They don't have anything. Yeah. So it's it's like you you end up like having like so many setups because different guys might expect different formats. Mm-hmm. It's just easier to do as a group, group setup. Cool. And yeah, that, that that's actually where the the group presets would be real handy. So you know, you can like create some own group setups, and you just like drag and drop from from side panel and put it there. That's something which would help here, I think. Cool, good. Uh, one more question, um, which is uh, why it is not possible to render only a pass without rendering the final result. Talking about uh, render layers. So you have, you know, your render layers, and uh, you are in the compositor, and you, yeah, you just wanna, you know, render one of them. So you can click on the little icon, and apparently Blender starts re-rendering. Why is that so? No, it's uh, for the render layers. You can render them one by one, but not the passes within the render layers. So if you have uh, diffuse, glossy, yeah, sorry, sorry, only a pass. That's or, what the question yeah, or speed <clears throat> or Z depth. Yeah. Well, why, why, why would you disable combined? What would you expect it? From from doing this. Well, in most cases, it's uh, like if you have rendered an entire image and then you say, "Oh, yeah, here is an example." Wow, I forgot to render the speed pass or can the I ID just, pass or the or AO can pass. I just render the speed pass without rendering the combined and spending all the hours on it. Well, so the answer is you, in theory, can speed up pre-rendering data passes. Mm-hmm. If you limit uh, bounces to one, because because they're created only from from fire first bounce from camera bounce, it's something which where interface would become a bit of complicated, because then how right. would, because then you would probably have like buttons to next to every pass, and then how would you do this in compositor? It's it's a bit tricky. Yeah, and then the, the for for light pass, it's it's doesn't help to disable combined pass at all mm-hmm. be, 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 because they're delivered from, 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 from like uh, internally the and delivered from combined pass like kind of mm-hmm. so it's, it, it wouldn't help anything to, to disable combined pass when you need a light pass so if, if someone can end up with good interface designed for re-rendering data passes that, that then sure we, we can do this we're just we're not just a button next to the pass thing. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Uh, so, something nice, easy to use, clear interface, no new options because option skills puppies. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing we learned today. Yeah. That we like kittens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And yeah, don't, don't, don't send feature requests to the comments. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. No, but I think it was a very, it, I think it yeah, was a very interesting point, yeah, this one. Yeah, so. there are, there are those interesting points, but it could escalate to, to requesting features. Which, and <laughs> yeah, we, otherwise... We, we, we don't accept feature requests. Otherwise, we lose Turkey from the podcast. Yeah, exactly. And it becomes boring again. Just yeah. us and, you know, like, yeah, why can't why can't you do this feature? And we're like, yeah, we don't know. Because, <laughs> yeah, well, it would be nice to ask Sergey, but he's not here. <laughs> so, well, okay. Well, then, anyway, thanks a lot for the explanation. I think uh, this is it for the questions. And uh, please, if you have more questions regarding anything, just uh, anything, just let us know in the comments. We are always happy to talk about them. It's a great way for us to chat. And... Uh, well, I think uh, this is it for this week. So yeah. let's uh, see you hopefully next week with more exciting stuff. See you next week. Thank you. And, Bye-bye. And as always, have a nice day. You've been listening to the Blender Institute podcast, brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Is your palette lacking plus three charisma? Get experience on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org.